Batu underscore. Today, we're talking about satire, specifically the Batuta advocate and why we just can't get enough of it. We'll talk with Dr. Caroline Fisher from the University of Canberra and Amy Ramikas from Guardian Australia. Together, we'll look at how satire draws us in. They have the permission to ask questions that, that straight news journalists can't ask. And often, I think, they're the questions that a lot of people want to ask. The impact it has on our politics. I think it has brought a lot of people like into politics who wouldn't necessarily have ever paid any attention. And decide if it's good for our democracy. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode. I'm Rashna. And I'm James. In case you didn't already know, our podcast is about how our generation does politics. So, you know, every time I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed, mm. it'll probably take about maybe two, three posts till I get something satirical show up. So it'll be like a post from the Batuta, like the Reductress, maybe a video from John Oliver. Mm, yeah, I think we're seeing it a lot, right? And it makes sense because these places are hilarious. They give us content that's funny, it's shareable, it's punchy. Yeah, totally. The shareable thing is such a big mm. aspect of it because, you know, all my friends are kind of like sharing it with each other, tagging each other, um, you know, sending it to each other in like Messenger. Yeah, of um, Yeah, like even I think a couple of days ago, mm. um, I saw the, let me just pull this up. So it says, I don't think there is enough evidence to convict Pell, says man who invaded Iraq on a hunch. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So and you know, good. it has like 20,000 reacts. Oh, what? Yeah. Wow. That wild. engagement is crazy. I think we're seeing this a lot because politics is at the point where it's laughable, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the last six months, we've had a uh, minister knock up his staffer, or we had um, the sugar baby scandal. Like it's <laughs> a point where satire is now almost like everyday kind of political like life right yeah totally but i think like you know a lot of the content that they produce it's important at the same Mm. time and it has meaning and i think like it also just talks the way we talk like if there's a piece of news and the way that i would maybe discuss it with you that's basically how they write that piece which i Mm. think is like really cool and honestly i think you know for me, it makes me feel smart when I read these things. Like, obviously, like, I am already someone who kind of watches the news and follows yeah. it. But, like, being able to understand something just by, like, reading one sentence, I think, like, we all just feel smart when we, you know, see these things. Of course. And I think that's really important because that means that people that maybe aren't studying politics or living in Canberra can think and, and understand politics without needing to know this information. Like, they can see that and know the implications without having to read a whole page article about it yeah exactly i think what what they don't do is like you know assume that you're dumb but they mm. also don't assume that you have a degree in political science yep. so it's like they have this like really good balance that traditional journalism just hasn't been able to do for a really like at least for a long time yeah and i mean when we spoke to amy about this she agreed my name's Amy Ramikis. I'm Guardian Australia's political reporter and live blogger. My attitude to politics is that it should be accessible, that we've had decades and decades and decades of very intelligent, lofty, mostly middle-aged white men telling us that politics is complicated, that it's something that we couldn't possibly understand without a million degrees. Politics actually isn't, like, isn't for intellectuals at all. And when I talked to Dr. Caroline Fisher, she also brought up a really important point as to why maybe we're shifting away from traditional sources of news. My name's Caroline Fisher. I'm 
and Assistant Professor in Journalism at the University of Canberra. We did ask about, not last year, the year before, I think it was, 2017, about whether or not people were actively avoiding the news and one of the reasons was was because it was so negative. It actually made them upset. So... Um, satire makes us realise that politics isn't just for intellectuals and news is just really depressing and satire kind of comes in and saves the day, makes us laugh. But then, I mean, I wonder what the impact of this is, right? Yeah, and I think Caroline spoke about that as well. Mm-hmm. There's not a huge amount of research on this, but there is indication that satire does, and, and certainly humour, comedy, does help people engage. Um, and I think some of the stronger evidence for that is around um, some of the American TV satirists like John Stewart, who have voted, you know, the most trusted man in America, because uh, their his opinion was so respected and his interpretation of the daily events and his his harsh, burning commentary on the on political events um, really cut through with the audience. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to think about the audience because we've learned that satire acts as a gateway to politics, right? Yeah, so, like, you'll see something which is just, like, making fun of an issue um, and that makes you more likely to actually go and engage with, you know, the ABC or the Sydney Morning Herald or whatever your choice is and read about the context of the situation, get informed. Yeah, I think that's really important with Petuda Advocate, right? Because Mm -hmm. we we looked and they are the most popular satire outlet in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, They have more Facebook followers than both of the major parties combined. And that's, like, huge. Yeah, it's quite crazy. Um, And, you know, the main demographic that they have is 18 to 30 year olds mm. and those are the people that we're interested in talking about yeah, because that's us, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> and also just because like i think we've been increasingly underrepresented mm. in like political discussions not cared about despite the fact that our futures are at stake and then kind of blamed for being um not engaged yeah and i think it's really cool about Batuta is they kind of talk about politics like you said in the way that we talk mm-hmm. right it's that kind of typical like australian larganism that like mm-hmm. reflects how we're already talking and thinking yeah it's australian but also it's just like you know simple words there's funny images it's breaking down those barriers um it's making it you know actually something that you want to talk about because mm. um, it's not just like doom and gloom all the time but i mean going back to the australianness so that's what i love i think yeah to like the first thing like the most thing that i love about this is how australian it is no other outlet kind of does this yeah and i think it makes it really easy to connect right like mm-hmm. we found this headline i'll read it to you it's um morrison asks national party routine machines to rate it into love the election i mean like, Let's listen to what Caroline has to say about this. Yeah. Only the Batuta advocate could say that. That wouldn't appear like that on The Onion even, you know, certainly not on the feed, certainly, well, Charlie Pickering maybe. (laughs) Um, I think uh, that there's a level of kind of silliness here, outrageousness, that just kind of doesn't really deserve a reaction. You know, I think people just see it for what it is. It's got that classic kind of larrikin... Australian feel about it, you know, and Australians on the whole, you know, swear like troopers, etc. And so I think it just kind of, it takes the piss out of that completely and goes and takes it to that next level, you know. And so I just think that, yeah, there's something completely Australian and, and offensive and daggy about it. <laughs> it's so unclassy. And I think that really ties into their mission, right? Like mm-hmm. we read from the New York Times that their aim is to make more content that's inclusive and accessible to all sorts of people in Australia. Yeah, and honestly, I think, 
like, yes, it affects the audience, the way that we're talking about politics, but it also impacts journalists. And we've really seen them kind of moving towards providing information in a similar way. Um, we've been going through heaps and heaps of headlines from, um, you know, the SBS, for example. Let me just read this one out for you. Vicky Campion stole my favorite baby name, Natalie Joyce says. Like? <laughs> Everyone we spoke to thought that was fake. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they're kind of borrowing that really simple, like, kind of plain language. Matter-of-factness. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it seems like there's a tension in that headline, whereas it's actually just a real news story. They just said it in a way that the Batuta would say it mm. because they know that people like it. That, you know, they're getting so many clicks and um, million views per month, I think, on yeah, their website. Yeah. So that's huge for them. And all these journalists are, you know, trying to catch up. Yeah, they want to... To an extent. I mean, Amy brought up a good point, right? Where she said that something we hadn't considered yet, that Mm -hmm. this actually also benefits politicians. Yeah, which I was like, really? (laughs) Because they're being trashed. (laughs) Um, I mean, they get access to voters and people that they otherwise wouldn't have. And Amy talked more about that. That their audience is one that they need to reach. So it's, you know, it's predominantly young. It's predominantly, like, swing voters. It's people who probably don't actually make up their mind about who they want to vote for until they're at the ballot and who wouldn't be watching the 6pm news and wouldn't be reading newspapers, who would probably get a lot of their news from Twitter and Facebook and Apple News and aggregate services like that. It honestly made so much sense to me when she said this. Like, of course, politicians want this. They want to appear blokey. They want to appear fun. There's things that the Batuta does, um, you know, back when Turnbull was the prime minister Mm. so long ago. Um, You know, they were having beers with him. And I don't know, it made us feel a bit uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like this was a time when Turnbull was doing some pretty damaging stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, he was heading the postal survey, kind of, you know, scaling back stuff on a mission, stuff that we mattered. But then he was trying to appeal to us by you know holding a beer and a kind of you know yeah with these two guys who we actually just like listen to who mm. actually do have influence i think that kind of brings us to something that's happening in the u.s but we're missing in australia um there they're kind of taking it a step further they're like satirical outlets um have this activist element to them um let's listen to caroline there's been some amazing evidence with John Oliver, for instance, uh, you know, he's run campaigns where he's he's got his audience to sort of go online to petition the government over certain policies and their websites have crashed because of the uh, the stampede of viewers acting, you know, in response to his, his satirical commentary. Yeah, and I think that model's really cool, right? Because it's kind of mixing activism with news and comedy. And I think the best example in Australia would be Juice Media. Mm, They're really, really good. I love their videos. And I like that they always have some sort of call to action to, you know, get their viewers to actually make a change or to try. You know, but the thing is that, like, they just don't have the same audience that Batuta has. Batuta has over a million views every single month. Um, And so the fact that they don't kind of, like tie the activism element in with their news and comedy is that a problem well i mean i think on one hand as we said before their mission is trying to make politics news accessible for everyone and we've seen this before like the chaser they're the classic kind of australian political comedians right yeah just like two blokes who kind of go out and do dumb shit but you know the thing is that they bring attention to really important issues yeah and i think that's a line that batuta haven't quite got to yet you know they Mm. have this persona of being two journalists from the country, you know, they've got fake names, they 
present themselves in a way that are characters. Yeah, yeah, they're always wearing those like country hats and those flannel shirts. And it's the thing is that that's not who they are. And I feel like it's a bit damaging because even we didn't know that no, they no. weren't actually called Clancy and Errol until we really looked into this, right? Yeah, and I think if people if they're kind of, if people don't realize that audience isn't on the same page, they're I guess kind of not acknowledging the influence that they have. Yeah, exactly, and their influence is huge as we've already discussed. And I think um, the thing is that if you kind of downplay your influence beyond the world of like humor, that may be acceptable. The onion does that as well. And they're mm. the you know huge organization in America that kind of started this whole thing. Right. Of course. Um, yeah. The thing is though, that they have described themselves as comedians first. Um, then they say that they're satirists second and social commentators third. The Batuta. On the other hand, what have they or said? Or they say they're journalists, you know. <laughs> they like, refuse to acknowledge that they're not journalists when they're talking to the public, which is funny, I guess. But, you know, it has real-world repercussions, right? Mm. Um, and it's, like, hard to know, I think, where you can draw the line with what they're saying. Yeah, and I think Amy kind of highlighted that really clearly. Mm-hmm. And not everything is laughable and not everything should be laughed at like Fraser Anning and the final solution speech, for instance, like that is that is absolutely overstepping a line and that should be called out. And that's the balance where you're kind of going, oh, like this person is absolutely ridiculous and outrageous and we should ignore him because we're giving him what he wants. But if we don't actually start to draw lines, then how far down the track does, do we get before this is all entirely normalised? So I think Batuta are pretty good at drawing a line, right? For the most part, you mm-hmm. know, um, they have the classic characters and I think someone they probably go too far on is Bob Catter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's someone that they do make a lot of fun of, but he does have a lot of influence in politics. Exactly. And I would say the same for Pauline Hanson. She's not just a caricature, you know, she's representing this part of Australia who do feel like they've been left out, um, much like young people. Mm. Um, and I think it's really dangerous when you just accept these headlines for what they are and Caroline pointed that out. I guess if people are only reading the comedy and then having a laugh um, at people's mistakes, etc., and their misery, uh, without understanding the real context of that and seeking other sources of information about that event, then yeah, I mean, they're getting a pretty narrow view and potentially, yes, yeah, skewing uh, perception of public officials. And, and politicians, etc., even like these platforms. I mean, I know that they do. You know, the Petuta Advocate is is funny in the sense that it doesn't. It's not trying to, you know, not trying to start a revolution. It's not trying to send people off to websites to, you know, to start campaigns. It, it's not a. It's not an advocacy platform in that sense. It is a funny platform. Um, and I know that the people who are in it, politicians, are in it, have a good laugh about it. They think it's funny that they're in it. Um, I think everyone enjoys to, to relax and laugh at themselves occasionally and some things are absurd and deserve to be laughed at. <laughs> yeah, so what Caroline's saying is that this kind of model works because politicians like to make fun of themselves. Yeah, but, you know, it's not activism, it's just a laugh. I don't know, it doesn't make me feel that great. Yeah, and I think Amy kind of said a very similar thing on her role as a journalist. Mm-hmm. When you see a politician poke fun at themselves, it makes them relatable. 
And that's not something that we can do because that's not our job. My job is not to make Scott Morrison relatable or Bill Shorten approachable. My job is to tell you what these people do, what they're standing for, how they act, why they're making the decisions they do. That's my job. Whereas the Batuta Advocate gets you interested, it pokes fun in things, but at the same time, it is a bit of a symbolic relationship where you've got the politicians using Batuta Advocate to seem more approachable and seem more relatable and seem more likeable. And the Batuta Advocate has got access to these people, which elevates what they're doing above, like, you know, somebody else who might just be making, like, jokes on Twitter. And, and, and they've made a career out of it. So politicians are going onto Batuta and they're acknowledging the influence that Batuta has then. They're also legitimising Batuta as an institution. And I think, obviously, pointing out that it's like a two-way street is really important. Of course, yeah, when we are talking about that kind of two-way street, I think it's important to think about that where we as an audience aren't as passive as we may seem. Yeah, and it, like the popularity of Batuta, which we've mentioned a couple times, you know, it doesn't just come because they're creating amazing content it's because they got lucky with the timing as well um they were they came out in 2014 um and at this time we're already so engaged as a generation and caroline points this out i mean you know i'm 50 you know no one we 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 didn't readily i mean sure we went on demonstrations and things but you couldn't organize a snap kind of crowd protest you know, like that and um, and get people out and about and, you know, I mean, really there's so much engagement going on. Whether that's by, you know, joining an advocacy group like Get Up or participating in a rally or whatever it is, signing a, a change or, you know, petition or there are ways and ways and ways of being involved. And I have, I have my own teenage children and, and, you know, they spend their life on YouTube but it seems to me they know quite a, bit, a lot about what's going on in the world. So I think for me, I don't really mind if they happen to come out at the, at the right time. You know, I think it is important that media does reflect its audience. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, good media does reflect the society that it is in. And so, you know, it's fine to consume and engage um, in the Batuta Advocate. But the problem for me, like the concern that comes out is that people don't know who exactly these people are that bring this news to us. And you know, we can be critical of the actual news and um, mm. the commentary from SBS and ABC and Sky News because we know those people. Um, so the line here is really blurry, right? Yeah, but I think uh, despite all this, right, like it is, they do play a really important role. Mm-hmm. They are representing an audience that up until now is still very underrepresented in politics. Yeah, know? so they're playing a really critical role in the democratization of information. Mm. Um, and it's definitely a key part of our generation's voice in Australia today. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be a good thing, right? I have to agree. Thanks so much for tuning into our first episode. Yeah, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at underscore podcast. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> give us some feedback. Yeah, you can catch us on your podcast app. Give us a rating. Mm-hmm. And we will see you in two weeks' time.